This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. After dumping the puck in for a line change, center back on the front, right down Main Street, a shot they score. Mark Stone came off the bench. Winnipeg loses the puck battle. Stone's got two quickies in the third. 5-2 Vegas. And if you were listening closely, you could hear there at the 7.14 second mark, Jim Toe's heart ripped in two. The 5-2 goal from Mark Stone. Jets fall. They split the series in Vegas. They come back 1-1 for tomorrow afternoon's game. Derek Taylor in for Cameron Poitras. Of course, Jim Toth with you for uh, Jets at noon. 204-780-6868. Ripped his heart in two. I wouldn't say that, but I would say my heart went, anybody going to pick that guy up? More so that way. I mean, but I wasn't on the ground going, oh, that's a heartbreaker. <laughs> I was more like, oh, somebody might want to pick up Mark Stone. I mean, he just came off the bench. That seems illegal that you could be in the place so fast coming off the far bench. He came off the bench and said, I'm going to go to the net. And then everybody else said, where's he going? First so. period of that game, spectacular. It was, an abs- it was a continuation of the first three. Yeah. Second period. Might have been the best single period in the NHL playoffs so far this year. It was up and down and back and forth, and you went, "Oh, Vegas is Vegas is here to here to play now." I don't know what they were doing the first eighty minutes, but Vegas is here to play. The third period, <sighs> okay, we're going back tied, are we? All right. So I'm with you on this, and I'm not too disappointed with this. I, in the end of the day, they're tied one one. They're coming home. They have home ice advantage. They got a split. Yada yada yada. What I am disappointed in from last night's game is they had a great start once again. Mm -hmm. They came out and and tried to put their foot down. We knew there would be a pushback from it. I strongly believe if Kyle Connor scores on either one of those opportunities he had to make it 2-0, it's a totally different game. I give full credit to the stars of the game we're going to get to, like Eichel and mostly Mark Stone, but also mostly Laurent Bressois. The disappointing part to me is that third period was a lot like we've seen before where whatever you want to call it, disinterest, um, lack of urgency, uh, no pace and energy, as I like to say, the disappointing part of that game was there were players on the ice for the other team who come third period wanted to be difference makers and were. And there was a lot of things that I saw from the Jets that I've seen a lot over this past two months, over the past two to three years, and a lot from this core. The overall... How do I say this without saying give a you-know-what factor yeah. in a playoff game concerns me to the point where I don't think that they can win this series. No, I think they can still win this series. To the point where I think that it's you know something to panic about. No, I don't think it's something to panic about. But this is kind of part of this DNA of this core that I've been saying for years and a lot this year, where is the guy... Mark stoning it. Where is the guy coming over the board saying, I'm going to be a difference maker? So I thought that for 30 minutes, the Winnipeg Jets were real good and just as good as Monday night. I Even when they were down 2-1. Yeah. I think it's a gift from the heavens of whatever God you might have when your fourth line gets you a goal in the playoffs and especially gets it for you on the road. 
So although I didn't like the last eight to 10 minutes of that second period, you go into the third tied 2-2 and go, fellas, we have a real chance here. All we need is one more period. Let's step it up. And that's what the disappointing concerning part to me was, is I didn't see that at all. And I saw a lot of, we're going to get into individual players, but what we saw from the Shifleys, the Dubois, the Morrisseys um, in game one, we did not see in the third period at all. So is yep. it concerning to the point where you're like, is this series over? They don't have a chat. No, my faith in this team winning this series in six games is fine, but it's just, it's so disheartening, right? To see that happen in a game like this after they played a game plus 30 minutes of what they need to do. Yeah. Watching this unravel on, well, last night, Thursday night, uh, the, 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 what, the first Vegas goal, whether it was just because he was on the ice and my eye was drawn to him in the moment. I, I, I was watching Mark Shifley and I went, why, why are your feet stuck there? Your feet are, you're just standing there. Why, yeah. why don't you move? There's, there's guys, there's a scramble for the puck in there. He kind of waves his stick at one guy. Then he waves his stick at him again, but his feet never moved the exact GPS coordinates where he was at 49, 33, 26, the whole time, the whole time. And I went, okay, maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's because I was just watching Shifley in the moment. And then, I mean, he'd been on the ice for a minute, 53, whatever. That's inexcusable, by the way, the Uh, the two minute, minute 30, minute two minute is inexcusable at this point. Just lobbing it out there that he'd been on a minute 53. If you're a Shifley guy, you may say he was pretty tired, but his feet didn't move. Uh, The third goal was so bad that Rick Bonus called it out without saying Mark Shifley by name, saying that we lost the faceoff and we didn't mark the guy going to goal. You can't do that. And yeah. the the faceoff was lost. Shifley loses a defensive zone faceoff and then sort of describe as best you can how, how he he could leave that play thinking I did have my man checked, but us watching it went I, I don't believe that to be correct. The San Jose game, they lost 3 nothing when he got the puck taken off him and then he circled around his own zone and watched the puck go in with a hand on, on the player who took it off him's back. The lost face-off to the front of the net for Chandler Stevenson um, last night, that's how I play basketball. I've got my check. They're right beside me. You touch them with your fingers. You gotta, but, I'm, you can... but I'm literally not checking them. Yeah. He's oddly sweaty. You can tell that, but you're not close enough to stop him. So, like, it's not glaring you're out of position, but you're not in position, and you're not defending. You're not doing anything to stop that. Um, I listened to your sportscast today, Derek, and I thought you approached it properly. Like, good that Mark Shifley feels that that's hockey and that's just a game, and, you know, it was going to be a long series, and we've got another game, and we'll see what we can do. I agree. We can see what you can do. You cannot continuously defend that way. It's just unacceptable at this level. And all you have to do is look at the other team and how they're playing. Mark Stone was a guy who is, what was he drafted in the fifth round out of Brandon? Because he could not skate and keep up. His skating is why many, many scouts I talked to told me that he was not going to make the National Hockey League as good of a hockey player as he is and as much as desire as he has. Oh, wow. His skating was going to prevent him from being in the National Hockey League. His skating has nothing to do with how he plays the game. And and I'm sorry, like I'm not trying to be too harsh here because it's 1-1, and I'll, I'll be more critical if I see some of the more things in Game 3 and in Game 4 this upcoming weekend on Monday. But I think a lot of Jets fans out there, and 780-6868 if you disagree, 
it's just at this point unacceptable at this stage of your National Hockey League career to be dash three in a playoff game. Speaking specifically of Shifley. Does it happen? It could happen, but not that way. No. Um, like you just, there has to be some urgency to this. Every game, 60 minutes. That's what the playoffs are. Is it hard? Yes, it's hard. That's what separates you from the other 16 teams that didn't make the playoffs. And that's what separated you from them Monday night. Now, again, I'm not trying to overreact. They have another game. Let's see it better. I thought Dubois could have been better. I thought Kyle Connor was really good, as John Shannon said in our 680 CJB postgame show for about 30 minutes. And then his game got a little relaxed. Josh Morrissey should be a Norris Trophy winner, but his third period, like, they turn over the puck on that. We'll um, hit that play specifically yeah, come up a little and later. So, but he circles back and just backs into the zone, and nobody picks up anybody, and then it's a tap-in. Connor Hellbuck played as good as Connor Hellbuck has ever played. Oh, that glove save. You cannot, oh. The mistakes are obvious, so they're all fixable. So, again, I'm not trying to be too detrimental, but as a guy who covers the game, my heart wasn't broken. I'm just like, I've seen this before, and this is all too familiar, but I could understand why fans would do what you said I was doing, like be heartbroken. But you got to be kidding me. Come on. Like, it's a playoff game here. Playoffs. And you had it by the tail. You were 2-2. Based on a fourth line goal, and I'm sorry, Adam Lowry should not be your best overall player for over a month now, consistently, <laughs> night in and night out. There are names on this team that night in and night out should be better than Adam Lowry, and that's not a knock on Adam Lowry because he's been fantastic. Saku Menelainen's making the hustle play to what's Stanland for the goal tip, and you go, hey, this is that's found money. And uh, none from I the just, top six I'm, I'm, yesterday. Some some people might say to me, why are you surprised? I am stunned somebody takes a two-minute shift in a playoff game. Stunned. Yeah. Because you want it to be 30 instead of... At 30 of, to 40 yeah. seconds, the clock's ticking in your mind. And if you, it, and that's like, it's it's all stuff that I promise you, even though I don't know what's ever been said, that they haven't heard before. Oh, they've been. I mean, I in January, bonus was talking about we need shorter shifts. We need to be. I'm not just talking we about need bonus. To, I'm talking take me back five years oh, ago. Yeah, for, for Dave Y is on the old text line saying, "How can we be so inconsistent, Dave?" That is a great question that we will attempt to address. Like, and, and I want to thirty seconds. Sorry, Derek, I keep cutting you off. I I, I apologize, but I, I just not like inconsistent game in game out. Like they were good for twenty to thirty minutes last night. They were real good. And it was a great hockey game. But Vegas then. And Vegas then Vegas took great. over, which you assumed it was. But remember after the period one when they gave it the William Carlson goal and after the game, Wheeler said, good thing the period ended there because we could regroup. So that's what I thought. Oh, my gosh. Stenland gets a goal. It's tied 2-2. You've just had it taken to you for the last seven, eight minutes. Intermission. Dial it up. Come back out. Even if you have to go to overtime 2-2, try and shock the world and come home 2-0. Yeah. If they lose that game 3-2 in a third period – that's fine with me. Not the fashion they lost at it. That's what's not fine with me. 5-2 was the final. 204-780-6868 for your text as we continue. Jets at noon on 680 CJLB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. The one-minute, well, the two-man advantage. The two-man advantage with Jeff Braun. I like this. The two-man advantage question provided by Kevin from the text line. 
Kevin gets personal a little bit, so if you're Uh-oh. okay with this, Jeff. Yep. He says, do you use deodorant or antiperspirant? Do you even know which one you use? I do know, and I have to make a specific point of uh, getting the antiperspirant because uh, the, the musk of Jeff Braun uh, overpowers a regular deodorant. Uh, we've got to take preventative action and... Uh, I guess. I don't know the science behind Fainting it. Fainting couches all over the room are required when Jeff Braun is in effect. <laughs> the musk of Jeff Braun. So just say Braun, the musk of Braun. Okay. We're on to something here. We're creating something. The musk of Braun is now available. I like it. I like. I just take straight aluminum and rub it on my pits. It's it's, it's all fine. It's all fine. It's just it just clogs it up. It's fine. And that's your two man <laughs> advantage with too much information with Jeff Braun. Yeah, he thought you thought you thought T W O. It was T O O for too much information. <laughs> is on the way. Uh, Jets at noon with Derek Taylor filling in for Cameron Poitras, and of course uh, the man himself, Jim Toth. Let's cue this up. And do you remember this moment from last night's game? And on to the far side, Vegas will cart it in to the near side. Moving in, Stevenson out in front of shot, they score. Mark Stone to the side of the net. Off the rush. Winnipeg looks like they're in quicksand. It's 4-2, Vegas. Stone in a great call by Edmonds there, by the way, because they did look like they were in quicksand. Yeah, that was a two-on-two, which might have been a three-on-two, but probably should have been a three-on-three or a three-on-four. And you pointed out to me, and, and I had to go back and look at it because I, I came in today knowing, okay, we're going to jump up and down about Mark Shifley. But that particular play was Josh Morrissey skating backward for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And right before we get to that, Robert texts in, hmm. can't blame Shifley on the fifth goal. He just came on the ice. Yeah, I can, Robert. Mark Stone just came on the ice further down the ice than Mark Shifley. They came on the ice at the same time. Mark Stone blew down the middle, and the other person getting on the ice just watched him go he, right down the middle and get the pass. He did not book it to the middle of the ice. He had a further skate than Shifley did, and he got there and got a shot on net undefended while somebody else got on the ice and just, I, I, I don't know, like what you're looking at when you come on the ice. And there's people in your zone, and I would assume you're looking for other people coming into the zone. I would assess where my teammates to, are to and race up. to the puck as a default. Yeah. And that's so, and not what happened. And then the Morrissey thing was weird too, because I, I watched that play. I saw it develop live. I, I like most of this stuff. I'll go back over again at PVR and stuff just to, you know, confirm what I saw and make sure I'm not spouting off about things that are, didn't actually take place. But that was weird because Morrissey's been so good this year, but they turned over the puck in the offensive zone and he was kind of at the blue line, the, the golden Knights blue line. So he circled back towards center Started skating backwards to defend. You know, puck was coming up the side. Then it went to the wide. He didn't take the pass. He didn't take the man at the blue line. Kept backing up. And then, you know, there was a guy who went down between him and I think his D partner was DeMello. And no, neither of them picked him up. And Morrissey turned around and it was a tap-in. And so, it, again, like, these things are going to happen in games. And much like Monday when I said, that was a total team win. And and I'm sure players, and I saw players make mistakes, but it was a 5-1 win. They were all tuned in, and the mistakes were few and far between compared to all the great things that the entire roster was doing. And then in that, towards the, when Paul said, they look like they're in quicksand, and then into the third period. So the quicksand is going to happen to me, especially against a team like Vegas. you got to withstand it and try and get it back, the momentum. So they get the intermission, then they come out in the third, and then the play like Morrissey did is just like, that's that's this kind of... I, I don't know how to describe the core of this team, but 
for too often, this kind of lackadaisical, we're really skilled, I'm going to back into my own zone and see what they do with the puck. Right. Maybe pick it, oh, I should have picked that guy up. I just, it's the playoffs, and you're tied 2-2. Let's get the puck back the minute you lose it. And and let's get back. And I'm at the blue line. I'm going to hit somebody or I'm going to take this puck. I'm not going to keep backing up and see where it goes. And just that kind of pace and energy, but like um, not desperation, but urgency. Urgency in the game. We're on the road. We have an opportunity here. And I just, there was a lot. And the reason I'm naming all these names is because like it's not the usual like suspect. Morrissey's a Norris candidate in my opinion. But they all kind of just had this lackadaisical third. So... Well, and and on that play, as as I watched it back, I I'm like, okay, backing up, backing up, back. Nobody goes to the puck until the the puck carrier. It's passed across. The puck carrier is at the top of the circle. Right before I, I thought, why why not? It's two on two at this moment with trailers from each team. Pressure him at the blue line, or at least slow down the blue line. But you, like you said, just keeps backing up and backing up. And then when it gets to that point, a stone cuts to the goal on a little diagonal. Morrissey's in between two guys, right? And what Paul might have said was, you know, he may have been referencing that specifically because Morrissey's like, well, the guy low, the guy high, both are threats. This guy may be a bigger threat. Uh, I'm going to reach for him. Nemesnikov's coming back, and Nemesnikov is the guy who needs to get that third guy. And I I don't know off the top of my head how long he was on the ice, how bagged he was. Nemesnikov's got to get that third guy. If he does, Morrissey can go, I can go with Stone, and we can do this better. But, uh, I mean, on that particular play, Morrissey was the notable one, but a lot of things have to go wrong for everybody has a great game in in, in game number one. Uh, almost everybody has a bad game in game number two. Yeah, and to your point, um, like I'm glad you said that too because Nemestikov, in my opinion, had his first bad game as a Jet or poor game. Like he just he took a penalty and he was off last night, turned the puck over a couple times, that back check. Um, I think it was him who turned it over in the offensive zone. So, like, if I do that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I better get get back here. But maybe he was tired and stuff. Like, the shift lengths were – it just countered everything um, uh, that Rick Bonus has coached about. The the shift lengths, the, the you know, the back check, the, the – so – but, again, like, the first period, the first 30 minutes, I really liked their game, and I thought, they're on to something here. Like, this is what we've seen the last three weeks. Yeah. This is what they got to do. Now, there is another team out there. And, and they're going to counter that. Uh, and I get that. But Mark Stone is like, I mean, it, where is that on, on the Jets? And it was Pierre-Luc Dubois well, in game one, right? I mean, that's Dubois, nine and a half I thought, million had a bad dollars. Game. Stone gets paid big bucks because people know. Like, he's he's nine and a half million he's dollars. He's the captain of that he team. May not that's be why. Yeah. Like, when he scores a goal, it's not like, yeah, I scored. It's like, get over here, all of us. <laughs> We're going to do this. We're going to do it together. Like, it's... So um, I just and look, guys are wired differently. So I'm not saying you need to be that intense or, or anything like that. But what I am saying is, if if you're in a game like that and you get burnt once for a goal, you better not get burnt again. Yeah. And I'm fine with the fact you got burnt. This is a National Hockey League. It happens. Both teams have great players. It's the when you get burnt again and again and again. <laughs> and I, I be, like I heard your sportscast today, and and this isn't a bash Mark Shifley thing. There was a lot of people, like I said, Dubois should have had a better game. Wheeler was nowhere near what he was in game one. There's the names go on and on. But when you said like it's good that he thinks this way because there's another game you got to park it and move on. You do got to park it and move on. But I hope when you've parked it, you've also I've got to be better. 
Andre says, Jim, there's no captain. The person with the C, 17 and 44 lead for sure, but there's no C. There is no Mark Stone. Uh, uh, Can I touch on that for a minute? Sure, yeah. There was a captain, and he takes it like life and death, and it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So there's no more captain. So for everybody who doesn't like... And that's what I think is the is some of the issues with this team. The one guy who was captain in Blake Wheeler literally said, I was taking it home with me and it was affecting my personal life, how this team plays and where we're at and all that. That's not good. So Rick Bonus alleviated that from him a year later. And yeah. I think he's having a better year. Looks like he's relaxing more, all that stuff. But there's other captains on this team. And that's what Rick Bonus has said. It's on all of us. So when one of you's taking a minute 54 shift and the other guy's taking 203 and the other guy's taking 148, that's it's, on everybody and stuff. So this team had a captain. A's. And that's what the problem is. You had a captain that took it like life and death. And then you have some other guys that take it very seriously. And then there's a couple guys that it seems to me just, I'll have a skate. To me, I think the Jets looked tired in the third period. They I, did, yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with that. Vegas started flying in that second period. By the third, it was just, it was very apparent they were two dramatically different teams on the ice. Saturday will be better, 3 o'clock. I said with my fingers crossed, I have no predictive capabilities <laughs> whatsoever, uh, except I did say Vegas would be better and they would win this game. But then, anyway, wouldn't you feel better if they lost 4-3 or even 5-2? with two empty net goals and a really hardworking third 100%. goal. And then it's like, well, they look tired in the third. But they they didn't bad. get away from their system and the pace was still there and there wasn't a bunch of minute and a half shifts. I would feel better about a loss like that than I do. This one just kind of, again, I think they're fine. I think they still have a really good chance of winning this series, probably in six. But it just, that's the thorn in my side when I watch that third. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, like. But it's so easy for us, right? Oh, it's it's remarkably easy. I am a spectacular NHL player watching from my bed at ten thirty, wondering why I'm not asleep for the four a.m. or three thirty a.m. wake up. We got to we got to hit the break at two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight. We'll talk about Connor Hellebuck and what a save, both with the glove and with the face, the face. Yeah, Jets I mean at that, noon. that save was whoa. Jets at noon six eighty CGOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868 is the text line. We're getting all of your texts in there. Scheif has the talent to be the best player on the ice, this texter says. His lack of internal motivation that he is adamant he has keeps getting in the way. Giselle says, sorry, uh, many times I can't defend Scheifele for mistakes or lack of effort for the last two obvious years. I have no more words except it's playoff time. Move. LOL. Keep them text coming in at 204-780-6868. Uh, one man needs some love for yesterday's game. Line, Petrangelo near side for Eichel on the far side of Slapshot. Stopped by Hellebach. Did he keep it out? Yes, he did. What a save. What a save. Diving over post to post by Hellebach. When you hear Jamie Thomas jump in before Paul's done, you know it was a save. Hellebuck right to left. <laughs> Post to post, flares out the glove. The TV broadcast swore it was in. Yeah. Because how could it not have been in? I, I was wondering if it was under him and, and in, but when I saw the glove, but and see, that's the difficulty of it, right? Not only did he get his glove on it, but when you're falling that way to push your arm forward to make sure it does not cross the line, that honestly, like, where does that rank in all-time saves? 
Well, in addition to that, to know I can't flare my glove backward. Right. Because As I'm it, falling down. Well, no, I'm thinking on the save itself. Like my my hand has to right. be on the line, and then to as you're falling backward, press it forward, ra- get it around the post, so the re- and show it to the ref. Like, no, no, it's here. Don't look under my bottom. It's here. Like we've seen That's that awesome. before, right? Like the glove comes across, and they have to reach back to get the puck. And when they reach back, the glove's over the line, and, yep. and we've seen that before. I mean, it's just an incredible save. I couldn't believe it when I saw it on the replay, but I thought it was in at first glance as well until they went went over it, and then. They reviewed it, but by the time they reviewed it, we had seen it a couple of times and said, oh, that's an unbelievable save. It was pure Connor Hellebuck. And then not long after, <laughs> uh, with the face, he takes, a, was it the Eichel, was it an Eichel slapper? He took it right off the off the head. The one off the toque, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> off the left side of the head. And it took me back to the texture from a couple of days ago who said, remember they used to play without face masks? I'm like, yeah, Gump Worsley would have been dead Eesh. in that moment. And... He ended up bleeding, I guess. what I mean, it was not, again, the TV broadcast really puffed it up. It, it looked like a pressure cut to the eyebrow. That's what I think it was. And, they, yeah. you, know, they, you know, they bandaged it, and then they waxed it at the next time out, and then they may have stitched him up afterward. Uh, to, it's, not, it's not Morgan Barron and 75 stitches, <laughs> and I'm getting back out there because that is beyond ridiculous. But that's just... Connor Hellebuck going, you know what? I'm in the way. Hey, here's my face. I gotta, I gotta stop it with my face. And that was I'm gonna do it. That was cooking for Michael. That was but yeah, I mean it's um it was funny. I saw some people on social media like, what's the stitchers budget for the Winnipeg Jets on this trip? And <laughs> did they bring enough and and all that kind of stuff? So it's funny, but I mean, like we've said, he's a difference maker, and that's what I think is is disappointing about the third period as well, as we've, we've broken it down, gone over the overall efforts from a number of players and the team overall. Um, but we've said when this series started, and most people said this, if not all, Connor Hellebuck would be the difference. And if you just have a little bit of effort um, or different effort, more t- intense effort in the third, he might have stole you another game. I don't think he stole you the game on on Tuesday in game one. I think he made two to three great saves in the first eight to ten minutes, and after that it was a team win. Yep. Last night, if they could have got a win or an overtime victory out of that, it would have been Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck was sensational. Now, going into game three, like we mentioned, we're talking about Shifley at length today, but there was others. There was, I mentioned Morrissey. There was, you know, Dubois didn't have the game he had in game one. Wheeler. The top six apart from, yeah, you could say six, Connor. Yeah. Connor had eight shots on goal. He had six shots in a, in a, in a blink of an eye. I thought the fourth line had one of the greatest games of the season or since that line's been together. Um, I thought the third line was great too. So Ico wasn't very good. Uh, Marsha Show, Chandler Stevenson, all on game one. They yeah. were much better game two. Eichel was on point so in this Eichel, one. So like, yeah. okay, I'm in the playoffs now. I I realize I got to step it up and got his first playoff goal. So now it becomes on everyone we were just talking about. It's on you now. Like So their top six didn't have a great game, and then they did. Your top six had a great game, and then they didn't. Whose top six shows up for game three tomorrow afternoon? So as much as we're pouring over this and stuff, like I still believe in this team because I, we literally saw it in game one. We literally saw it for a period and a half in game two. It's time to put the foot down. And, and I go back, Derek, to this core, and I go back to the idea of how long they've been together, how long this has gone for them, subconsciously or consciously. It's not going to go much further past this year. The idea of pride, the idea of the whiteout, they've all talked about it. So... Um, there's a real chance for this team to take game three and then go into game four, but your top six 
has to be just as good or better than that top six that showed up last night. From an unnamed texter, the original Band-Aid they put on Helly, LOL, like mom on fir- mom doing first aid <laughs> during the street hockey game. I, I, thought, I saw that. I, that was great an text because I saw it and I was like, that's like us as kids. Mom, I can't see out of my eye. It's that like, thing is so big. It was like an elbow bandage. What? <laughs> There, there wasn't a smaller one. You don't have the Band-Aid select package, like where you get the little teeny ones. I was, I was hoping they'd run out and I'd go, is that a Paw Patrol Band-Aid? Well, they're thinner, <laughs> that so was... it's going to help them see. Uh, Doug says, I don't care if 55 scores 29 more goals in the playoff and we win the cup. If Chevy doesn't trade him in the offseason, I am done watching this team. And I would wager, Doug, that your text right there will be a massive topic on this show once the Jets are eliminated from playoff contention or once they win the Stanley Cup, whatever, yeah, it, is. Like whatever it is, that's going to be a huge talking point from the end to opening day. And that's why it's great to sort of watch this right now, because he could he literally could go on a run here. Remember, we talked to all, the we talked a ton about this series in 2018. Well, 2018 is when he set a record for road goals in, in a playoff run for a player. He can literally do this again. And but look, I expect Dubois to be better. I expect Connor. If they can get Nick Ehlers, yeah, that's the other question. And we won't know they're traveling today, and then no pregame skate tomorrow, so you won't know till actual warmups if he can get back in. But again, it's on the top six: Wheeler, all those guys. Shifley leads away though, but all those guys. What do you got tomorrow? Let's see it. Three o'clock puck drop with Paul Emmons and Jamie Thomas. One o'clock pregame show. With Kelly Moore and friends. Show me what you got. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rick and Morty season one. I feel like that was episode four. Appreciate you being with us on Jets at noon. We're back on Monday. We'll be live at Canada right. Life Center for game four. We'll tell you all the news. We'll have the Ehlers updates and all of everything. All the results. Everything you need. It's Jets at noon on 680 CJLB.